This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tactical Friday. You heard from him this past Monday, and I'm honored to be bringing Chris Joyce back on the show so we can talk a little bit more about Gusher, his organization for entrepreneurs. Chris, welcome back, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. And I'm excited about this because I know we kind of talked about the theory, a lot of philosophy on yeah. Monday and and how businesses conceptually can form. I want to talk a little bit more about the tactical side for Gusher, how tactically an entrepreneur, a hopeful entrepreneur can come on the platform, take the couple steps, take the dive in, and really find that um, essentially social proof for launching yeah. a business and getting it yeah. off the ground. Can you just dive into that piece of it a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. So a founder can literally go ahead. They can take almost in a way a raw idea, a raw problem that they're looking to solve. And the simple act of putting up on Gusher, which it can take as little as a couple minutes or maybe a couple hours at the most, enables them to really get a barometer as to whether or not their pitch is correct whether or not the problem identified actually has a market, whether or not people are applying and willing to join a company in exchange for performance-based equity. And so what that does is it almost in a way gives these founders a no-cost way of self-validating that idea almost from the very beginning. Because if they can't figure out the pitch or they're not getting people to apply, well, they can go ahead and modify or try another iteration. If they keep trying different iterations, well, then guess what? If it's not getting people applying, then something's wrong. Something's not resonating. And it's a hell of a lot better to go ahead and deal with those issues before you necessarily start a company, before you go down development process, before you have marketing spend and go down those routes, you want to find that out from the very beginning. So there's a way to almost in a way market vet, not just the idea, but almost in a way yourself as a founder, which is just as important. And I look at the platform and looking through, I mean, you have dozens and dozens of organizations and startups, potential startups, clients you've used or helped in the past. It seems like this is really a platform for, it doesn't necessarily have to be a product, it could be a service offering. It seems like it really spans a bunch of different industries where it can conceptually launch any type of organization. Yeah, everything. Everything from B2B, B2C, B2B2C, everything in between. We deal with consumer goods, manufacturing, SaaS, fintech, AR, VR, AI, gaming, medical devices, prop tech, you name it, we've got it. And it really goes ahead and across the whole span of industries. But we've seen really that, you know, all these different industries can be successful by gushering their deal. It's something that really, it doesn't just one vertical or another, it is really across the board. So when you're looking at going on this platform, what would you say would be like the number one position people are finding for their team on Gusher? Good question. Now, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell a founder how to view it, okay? Now, I don't care if you're a medical device company. I don't care if you're a SaaS company. I don't care if you're a fintech company, a consumer goods company, a manufacturing company. I'm going to say what I say to every founder. You may think you're one of those companies, but you're not. First and foremost, you are a marketing company. 
And so first and foremost, the key person that you should be finding is a CMO. And the reason you want to do that is you may think you have an understanding of the markets, the sub-markets, but really the job of a CMO is to really create the personas, to do the research on those markets, to make sure that you're going in the right direction and hopefully be able to identify low-hanging fruit for what we call the zealots, your zealot market, because if you're able to find those zealots from the beginning, those zealots will fund more of mainstream product acceptance. And the first part is to really think of your product or offering for those zealots. And so get a CMO. That's really the main thing. And it's interesting as I was looking through different pieces on the platform, it looked like CMOs had the highest opportunity to get equity out of the organization. That explains why right there. I guess it's the high value add to the team. Yeah. And think of it this way. With a CMO in place, you have the ability to to almost in a way sales validate, to model validate, to do all these things in the beginning stages that if you're sitting there trying to create a technical solution company, even though you may have this great technical solution for what you think the market is, well, now you've got to go ahead and try to sell it. If you go ahead and pre-sell and do those that testing and that marketing almost in a way from the iter- from the ideation of the company, that puts you in a very powerful position because the marketing drives the development, not vice versa. Okay. And that's the way that really a company should be created. Nowadays, you hear this magical product market fit. Oh, we didn't have product market fit. And that's why 70, 80% of these companies go poof after their initial funding. Well, where I come from, you find that product market fit from the very damn beginning or you don't create the company. So then the opposite side of the spectrum, what would you say is the least valuable initial ad that people are always trying to add to their team? Well, least valuable and it's in the beginning stages. All right. The least valuable is a CFO. Okay. Chief financial officer. Now it's the money, Chris. That's what's most important. Hear me out. Okay. Well, when you're gushering a deal and you're looking at things a different way, we have a philosophy that good deal first, money second, good deal first, money second, good deal first, money second. They hear me say it like it's our religion. Okay. So what that does is with the CFO, I don't want to say that it puts them last in line, but it really does because you have to find that gold vein. You have to find where that gold is underneath the ground before you go after capital if you're going after capital. But even if you should create and set the standard for having a company be profitable, for having a company get traction, for having a company be self-sustaining from the beginning. And if you set that standard as a founder, typically you will get there. It's a fundamentally different way of creating the company. But if you put sales first, if you put revenue first, if you put penetrating the market first, you'll find a way to penetrate the market. So you talked about a CMO being primary and CFO, maybe that tertiary or longer term ad. When you're talking the about- CFO the- always comes last, by the way. They, they always join the last. last. Really? Very okay. last. So and then, they, go ahead. I was going to say, are you putting, what about chief sales- officer or a sales team or when, because then they're going to generate the money, right? Yeah. Are you putting them right behind the marketing team? Is the sales team itself important or do you put the founder in that role to go sell it while someone else is marketing it? How do you kind of bring in the sales aspect of it? We push and we're brutal about it. We are brutal about founders doing sales validation 
from the very, very beginning, okay? They have to do the sales validation. You cannot outsource sales validation. You can outsource sales. You can build a different sales structure where you have salespeople once you figure out what the process is, once you figure out what your DNA is, once you figure out how to say certain things and what to do, but you cannot outsource sales from the very beginning without doing the primary sales validation. And what do I mean by that? I mean, figuring out, talking with your customers, speaking with our potential customers, seeing what they're running into in terms of objections, seeing how to go ahead and handle it. Salespeople and outsource sales is not there to figure out the model. They are there to execute a plan and a system once you have that in place. And there's no better person, even if you suck at it horribly and have never sold ever, other than the founder to do the sales validation from the very beginning. And you don't have to be a pro at it. You just have to do it. It's really funny when I'm helping a lot of my clients are a small business owner, five or 10 employees or less. They're really focused on, you know, that six figure, hitting that six figure mark and then pushing to that seven figure mark. And yep. they always want to say, oh, I need a salesperson. I need a salesperson. I need a salesperson. And I almost not laugh at the idea, but what you just said is so important for people to understand that if you can't sell it, somebody else can't come in and sell it for you. There's no way way for them to do that if you can't successfully do it yourself because they're not going to create that process for you. Like that's a really difficult thing. But what they don't even realize is that when it comes to sales, at least in the beginning stages, a tremendous amount of the sale is based upon a founder's enthusiasm. They don't have to be the most eloquent person. They don't have to be the greatest salesperson, the greatest convincer and persuader of how to sell their product. What they do have to be is they have to be enthusiastic about what they're doing. They have to fundamentally believe in what they're doing and just convey that is enough to get those first sales. They shouldn't be faking it till they make it. They shouldn't be pretending that there's something that they're not. They should be saying, literally, we're a two-person company, a one-person company, a five-person company, because what it does, it attracts the right people for them and their company at that stage. And you need to have the right customers, not just customers, the right customers at the beginning stages, because that's what leads to the growth. That's what leads to the ability to have a sales organization, to have a chief sales officer, to have your vice president of sales, to build that structure out after you've done that. I 100% agree. And it took me many years to figure that out because I always said I was not good at sales, didn't want to be good at sales, didn't care about sales. And I realized, oh, shit, that's how I make money. I need to go sell the things and make money for the organization to be profitable. And founders fight that. I mean, they really fight that. And they don't realize that the power is right in their hands. Mm -hmm. They have the ability to literally make their future by doing that. And it's not something they're always going to do, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15 hours a day. It's something they do in the beginning. And then they start building the structure in the organization. But it's something that's a never-ending process. They always have to go ahead and do a portion of that as they evolve and as they grow. They're typically new types of people. Yeah, I saw, I was at a conference years ago and they asked the audience, who in here is in sales? And there's a bunch of business owners. And, you know, maybe 10% of the people raised their hand. And I was one of those that did not raise their hand. I'm not in sales, hell no. And literally the quit back was like, you all need to raise your hand because you all need to be in sales because that is the primary function of what you should be doing as a founder, the visionary attached to it is selling the vision of it all. 
Yeah, but what's even more is that it's not even that, okay, they should all be in sales. The fact of the matter is, yeah, they should consider themselves that, but they should be doing it. All right. They have to be doing it. Yes. Managing the details. Yes. Managing the operational flows and structures is important. But the only thing in business that that almost in a way is a cure for all your other ills is sales. It's sales. You can be the worst manager, but you got enough sales, you're going to make it. You can have the worst product, but if you have enough sales and you're out there doing it, you can still control markets and own a market with an inferior product, but you have to get out there and sell. I love it, Chris. That's such a great lesson for people to learn. Hopefully learn it early on, like you're doing with Gusher. Can you remind the audience, what's the best place for them to find you, find the information, get involved, and the number one step to get onto Gusher? Sure. Just go to gusher.co, G-U-S-H-E-R.co and click log on or click sign on and you get right in. It's free to join and free period. We don't ever charge anyone anything. We're a performance-based equity player ourselves in the companies, but we only succeed if you succeed. I love it, which means everybody succeeds when everybody succeeds, right? I love that piece of it's motivation for everybody to move forward. Absolutely. Um, It sounds like a no-lose situation, not just a win-win where somebody wins 90%, somebody else wins no percent. Everybody wins on that situation. Nobody loses, right? Keeps them rowing in the same direction. Everyone literally is rowing in the same direction. I love it, Chris. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate everything you're bringing to the entrepreneurial world with Gusher. And overall, man, thanks for your time and wisdom today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.